Get ready, Avalanche Territory. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans. Denver Sports is your home for the most Avalanche content. Now here's your host, Mike Evans. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike Evans. Thank you so much for tuning in as we are getting set, as I speak to you right now, for the all-important pivotal game five, Avs and Seattle. I love 2-2 matchups. I love game fives when it's 2-2 in a best of seven. I don't care if it's hockey, basketball, baseball. There's something about a game five when it's 2-2. Maybe it's because by this point you've played four games, the storylines have developed, the themes of the series have developed. There's really no more secrets out there. There's not a whole lot that teams can do when it comes down to adjustments. It's really all about I know who you are, you know who I am, Let's go out. Let's see who's better. Let's see who wants it more. Let's see who executes it better. And it's uh, it's so crucial because uh, the, the vast majority of the time, whoever goes on to win game five in that best of seven, 2-2, two, two, goes on to win the series. So I can't wait for it. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be super intense. And it's going to be a real challenge for this Avalanche team. And you're going to see that how this team handles real adversity. You know, you think about it. Yeah, they had some adversity along the way to winning the cup last year, but I think we all can agree that it just feels different this time around. And you know, let's start with who's not going to be here. Kale McCarr, the suspension. Let's talk about it. I'm surprised. I, I really am. I, I'm surprised that he was suspended once the call on the ice, which was initially a major, got downgraded to a minor interference. I thought that would really kind of sort of influence what the hearing would look like when it comes to the possibility of a suspension. But clearly the NHL disciplinary board thought differently. More on them in a second, by the way. But... I, I went back, I looked at the play again, again, and again. I've, I've seen it probably you know, 25, 30 times by now. And I just think that when it comes to hockey, uh, football, all these bang-bang plays, you're, you're asking the athlete, you're asking the player to really be able to almost slow everything down and be able to discern what exactly is happening and be able to make the right decision. I, I think that there is something to the idea of that heat of the moment, everything's going fast, that you have to give some grace to the player. And in this case, you know, McCarr, to me the most telling part of the play was as McCann comes in, takes the shot, and then turns off to the left to head over to the corner to the boards, you see McCarr's head kind of snap a couple times. He's looking for the puck. He doesn't know where the puck is. And try to put yourself in his shoes. McCann's just come in on a breakaway. McCarr's the only guy chasing him. He he doesn't know where everybody is coming back to help. He doesn't know if the puck's still in play. He sees McCann in the corner. His idea is, I got to neutralize this guy. And was it a penalty? Sure. Was it interference? Sure. But I, I think that the NHL put in my opinion, too much of an emphasis on, hey, Kale, you got to be able to understand the moment better. Well, if, if I don't know where the puck is, is, is that necessarily my fault that I can't find the puck right away? And, and in the moment of not being able to find the puck, I decide I have to go take this guy out. I have to finish a check. It just, 
Is it worthy of a penalty? Sure. Okay. I have no problem with the penalty being called. But the idea that it warrants a one-game suspension. Here you are in the middle of a playoff series. I would think that the disciplinary board would be very, very hesitant to suspend a key player like that in the middle of a playoff series, especially when there is enough gray area to suggest why he he delivered the hit that he delivered and also factor in Kale McCarr's reputation. Look, this is somebody who hasn't been suspended. This is somebody who earlier this season turned down a penalty that he had drawn because the guy who was being called for the penalty didn't commit a penalty, and McCarr skates over to the official and says, hey, hey, don't don't call that. That, that wasn't a penalty. I mean, does that sound like a, a, a headhunter out there on the ice? So I guess really what it comes down to is because Jared McCann is such an important player, he's their leading scorer by a wide margin, if he's out, then that influences that McCarr should be out? Because we all know that if McCann gets up and skates away – then McCarr's not suspended, right? But is it is it the result of the hit or the intent of the hit that you're suspending? Because if you're if you're suspending the the intent, well, then that's one thing. But I think we all agree. Do we all agree that if McCann gets up and resumes play or leaves for a while, but then comes back and plays? Does that lead to a suspension? How much should it be all about the intent? How much should the result of what happens on the play be factored into it? So I don't agree with the suspension. The other reason I, I don't agree with the suspension, and, and and please let me make this point clear. I like to think that if you've been listening to me over the years, you know I'm not a homer. And I'm somebody that hates, hates blaming the officials, um, bad refereeing, bad officiating for a team's loss. I hate that. I think it's a it's a lame excuse, okay? So I go to great lengths not to take the easy way out when it comes to defending our teams, our teams losing. But in this case, I, I have a pet peeve, and I've had a pet peeve for a long time with the NHL disciplinary board. Their decisions leave me bamboozled. <laughs> A lot of the time, there's no consistency. There's no rhyme or reason to some of the judgments that they hand down. There have been so many times where I think they're going to zig and they zag. And there have been many times where I thought, oh, there's no doubt this guy's going to get suspended. Nothing. Or in this case, oh, I don't think this guy's going to get suspended. And he does. And there is such an inconsistency to the way that punishment is handed out by the NHL, I I really can't make rhyme or reason of it, and it really is irritating to me because I it just shouldn't be that way. There should be a little bit more continuity to it, and I just feel with the NHL, they make it up on the on the fly. So the Az play without now Kale McCarr. What does that mean? Well, it means that already a team that has been top-heavy becomes even more top-heavy. And if there's one thing that has developed throughout the course of this series is that the Avs are super reliant on their stars. And now that you get ready for game five and now you've got Kale McCarr out of the mix, you got Val Nechuskin out of the mix, you can't just sit back and say, okay, Nathan McKinnon, okay, Miko Rantanen, go save us. Other guys 
have got to stop being passengers and they got to start to drive the bus. So who am I talking about? Well, the list is long. So far this series, JT Comfer, one goal. He looks like a superstar compared to the rest of the guys I'm going to talk about. Evan Rodriguez, no goals. Alex Newhook, no goals. Logan O'Connor, no goals. Lars Eller, no goals. Um, defenseman, Bo Byram, no goals. Sammy Gerard, no goals. Look, at some point, guys, you got to step up. You got to help out. You got to contribute. And I can't think of a more important time than than right now with the avalanche and the situation that they're in. So you look at the the theme for tonight's Game 5, I, I think it's simple. More guys have to contribute. But also it's, you know, one thing we praised the avalanche last year for on their way to the Cup was the idea that, hey, these weren't the same old avalanche. They weren't the team that, you know, Vegas could come in and bully and knock around and the abs would cower and wither. What we were impressed by with the Avalanche last year was whatever style you want to play, they're cool with. You want to skate with the Avs? Awesome. You want to try to drag the game down in the muck? We'll, do, we'll go there. We'll play that way. So tonight is one of those games where, hey, kudos to Seattle. You know, you have got us in a position where we have to play your game. You're dictating the way the game's being played. Props to you. Now you got to go out and beat Seattle at their game. And that means what? That means, first of all, getting off to a faster start. Enough's enough. Enough four games in a row, giving up the first goal, immediately putting yourself in an early hole. Enough's enough. Be ready to play. All right? Come on. Be ready to go. And be ready to come out with a physical, attacking, gritty, grimy mindset. Because that's that's really what I think it's going to take. When we started looking at this series and we were throwing out scores and predictions of games, you notice how everything seemed to be four to two, four to one, five to three, six to two. That doesn't feel like that kind of game for me. It, it's more like a two to one, three to two type game. It's going to have to be a game where the Avs come out, understand that, hey, we don't have the same kind of firepower that we had a year ago. By the way, Jared Bednar taking a either intentional or not intentional subconscious shot at the front office between games three and four when you're saying about his forwards, hey, look, we're just not as deep as we were up front a year ago. We don't have the same kind of firepower. We have to rely on our stars more. Hmm. Interesting comment from the coach. Kind of almost like, hey, front office, why didn't you get me more at the trade deadline to work with? We don't have Naz Kadri here. We don't have Andre Burakovsky here. We can't honestly be convinced and put all our eggs in a Gabe Landeskog return basket. We had to prepare for that. They didn't. All right. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm going to try not to pay too much attention to Ryan O'Reilly playing so well for Toronto as they're getting ready to uh, dispatch of, of Tampa. I'm going to try to ignore that and try not to remember the fact that I was banging the table for them to go trade for Ryan O'Reilly back at the trade deadline. Boy, would he look good here as your second-line center. But, okay, he's not here. These are the guys that are here. This is the way they're going to have to play if they're going to get a win uh, in Game 5. And really when it comes down to the Avs, a couple things I want you to think about is that what we're seeing in this series, it's typical playoff hockey. It really is. This is the way playoff hockey is supposed to be. And I think we got a little bit spoiled last year with the way the Avalanche 
whipped through the playoffs. That was that was an aberration. That was unusual. That was a joyride, especially the western part of it, where they go twelve and two, uh, but but sixteen and four overall. It's not typically that easy. So what you're seeing from this this team this series, that's more of the normal playoff hockey. So I keep that in mind as you watch the Avalanche struggle through this series. It's not unusual, okay? So we'll see how they respond. Uh, th- this is this is classic playoff hockey, and we'll see what they got, and we'll see if they're made of the right stuff. The uh, the other thing to to look at with the Avs team, I, I think they do deserve the benefit of our trust. You know, one thing I've talked about on this podcast throughout the course of the year, whenever the Avalanche were going through some tough times, especially early on in the season, was the idea that, hey, this team has earned our trust. Not a lot of teams in sports – certainly not a lot of teams here locally, you could say, hey, they've earned the right to be trusted. I think this team has. I I don't think you go through what this team has gone through over the last several years, culminating with winning the Stanley Cup a year ago, and don't think that they they haven't built a lot of goodwill along the way. They, They have, at least for me. And so for that reason... I trust them to come out and play the right way. I trust them to be able to handle the moment. And I'm going to trust them to be able to do all that right up until it's evident that I can't trust them anymore. So they've they've earned that right. Uh, everybody else, even the Nuggets. You know, the Nuggets coming off a first-round win in five games, the gentlemen sweep over the Timberwolves. They haven't earned my trust yet. And, and they, they should admit that they haven't earned anybody's trust yet. They still have a long way to go. The Avs have, and I'm going to kind of tap into that for, for tonight's uh, Game 5. Last last thought here. The absence of Val Nechuskin. Just shrouded in mystery, right? Avalanche aren't coming out, very tight-lipped, not forthcoming about, it, about anything. And it's led to a debate about how transparent should the Avs be. And for many people, it's it becomes a non-starter as a debate the moment that personal reasons are brought into play and that hey it's not our business it's personal reasons as a as fan we shouldn't even raise any questions why are you even talking about it well i'm going to talk about it because i think that it's not as black and white as 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 some of you are making it out to be okay you can be away from the team for personal reasons in 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 major reason why because it's it's circumstances that are beyond your control something's happened in your life that necessitates you being away from the team that could be any number of things right health um, issues with your family things that you really can't control okay and if that's the case, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm talking about this with the idea that we, we don't know yet. We don't know anything definitive when it comes to Val. I'm saying that it's not completely a black and white issue. Because for that reason, you know what? It's personal reasons. It's none of our business. Hey, it stinks that he can't be with the team, but that's the way it is. You can also be away from the team for personal reasons, for things that you can control, for things that reflect decision-making on your part, behavior on your part. And, again, not knowing exactly what's going on, but but let's acknowledge that it is possible that part of the reason why 
Val Nechuskin's not with this hockey team is because of things he did and decisions that he made, conduct that he exhibited. And in that case, now you do have, as an Avalanche fan, a reason to ask, hey, what's going on? Because now it's impacting the hockey team, right? And and it's impacting the hockey team in a way in which that first scenario I was talking about, if it's totally out of his control, you know what? As a teammate, you sit back, you say, hey, listen, that stinks, but hey, you got to go do what you got to do. But if it's the other part of it, personal reasons, and there's a sense in that locker room around that team that, hey, we're kind of being let down by Val, that's a whole different ball game. That's a whole different argument. And then if it's a case where the team is like, hey, man, what, what are you, what's going on? What are you doing? And you're putting us in a position while we're trying to win another Stanley Cup and you're not here for that? Then if that impact, if the team is impacted that way and it messes with the team's chemistry, continuity, then you know what? That's a different personal reason. And if that's the case, then it's not just as easy as sitting back and saying, hey, it's personal reasons, we need to respect that, and we need to just leave it alone. Don't go there. Uh, see, I, I, I think it's it's not black, it's not white. There is there is some elements of this that potentially make it a little bit more muddy. And we'll wait to see. And I hope, I hope that it's more that first part that, hey, there's just something going on. It's it just, it, it's unfortunate, it stinks, but he can't be with the team. Everybody understands it over there in the building, in that locker room. We move on. But if it's not that, then that's a whole different story. And then if that's the case, I think you, as an Avalanche fan, deserve to know what's going on uh, with your hockey team and what's impacting your hockey team. So we shall see. We wait. Uh, you know, the, the Avs aren't offering anything. I do know that there's enough muddiness to this story that you got plenty of people around the hockey world who cover this sport who are starting to dig into this story so what does that tell you we're done for this edition of the mile high hockey podcast i think the Avs win game five i'm gonna go abs three two tight game low scoring game one of those games where it's all about tight checking it's about winning battles it's about taking hits giving hits blocking shots scoring greasy goals and grinding out a real hard-fought playoff-style 3-2 win. Hopefully that happens. As go up 3-2, we'll be back to talk more about it on the Mile High Hockey Podcast.